0: Welcome back, y'all. We're going to continue on to chapter 15 in 2 Kings. And chapter 15 really summarizes the reign of seven different kings, two of which were kings in Judah and five of which were kings on the Israel side. We'll go ahead and start with verse 1. Uzziah, son of Amaziah, began to rule over Judah in the 27th year of the reign of King Jeroboam the second of Israel. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. But he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. The Lord struck the king with leprosy, which lasted until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house. The king's son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. The rest of the events in Uzziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Jotham became the next king. So... Here we have the king of Judah, and he ends up getting leprosy, and his son basically ran the kingdom in his place while he was sick until the day he passed away, and then his son officially took over as king. Um, And then in verse 8, it continues with a king in Israel. Zechariah, son of Jeroboam II, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria six months. Zechariah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his ancestors had done. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Shalom, son of Japheth, conspired against Zechariah, assassinated him in public, and became the next king. The rest of the events in Zechariah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So the Lord's message in Jehu came true. Your descendants will be the king of Israel down to the fourth generation. And then we have Shalem. Shalom, son of Jabesh, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. Shalem reigned in Samaria only one month. This was the shortest time on the throne, by the way. We'll continue in verse 14. Then Menahem, son of Gadi, went to Samaria from Tirzah and assassinated him. And he then became the next king. The rest of the events in Shalom's reign, including the conspiracy, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. At the at the time, Menahem destroyed the town of Tepua and all the surrounding countryside as far as Tirzah because its citizens refused to surrender to the town. He killed the entire population and ripped open the pregnant women. Menahem, son of Gadi, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria ten years, but Menahem did what was evil in the Lord's sight. During his entire reign, he refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then King Tigla, Pileser of Assyria, invaded the land, but Menahem paid him 37 tons of silver to gain his support in tightening his grip on royal power. Menahem extorted the money from the rich of Israel, demanding that each of them pay 50 pieces of silver to the king of Assyria, So the king of Assyria turned from attacking Israel and did not stay in the land. The rest of the events in Menahem's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Menahem died, his son Pekahiah became the next king. So basically, he paid off a foreign king (laughs) so that he wouldn't be attacked. Um, And then it continues with Pekahiah's reign in verse 23. Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, began to rule over Israel in the 50th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but Pekahiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from his sins that Jeroboam of Nabat had led Israel to commit. Then Pekah, son of Ramaliah, the commander of Pekahiah's army, conspired against him. With 50 men from Gilead, Pekah assassinated the king, along with Aragog and Uriah, in the citadel of the palace of Samaria. And Pekah reigned in his place. The rest of the events of Pekahiah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of Israel. Basically, we see a downwards pile here. Things just seem to get worse and worse. And now it seems like your worst enemy is within your own kingdom at this point. Verse 27 continues, Pekah, son of Ramaliah, began to rule over Israel in the 52nd year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 20 years, but Pekah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from his sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. During Pekah's reign, King Telgath-Pileser of Assyria attacked Israel again, and he captured the towns of Abel abelbeth Maacah. Genoa, Kedash, and Hazer he also conquered the reigns of Gilead, Galilee, and Nephetali, and he took the people to Assyria as captives. Then Hoshea, son of Allah, conspired against Pikah and assassinated him. He began to rule over Israel in the twentieth year of Jotham, son of Isaiah. The rest of the events of Pikah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of Israel. Jotham, son of Uzziah, we're going to go back to Judah now and see what's going on in Judah. Jotham, the son of Uzziah, began to rule over Judah in the second year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. Jotham did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did everything his father Uzziah had done. But he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. He rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Jotham's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In those days, the Lord began to send King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel to attack Judah. When Jotham died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Ahaz became the next king. So basically these kings are like they really just need to follow God but they're missing the target and they keep leaving this gate open the pagan shrines that nobody seems to get rid of they they're not destroying these pagan shrines so they're leaving the gate open they're they're leaving openings for false idol worship and the traitor gate is basically left open And we continue in chapter 16, verse 1, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, began to rule over Judah in the seventeenth year of King Bechah's reign in Israel. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem sixteen years. He did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord God, as his ancestor David had done. Instead, he followed the example of the kings of Israel, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. In this way, he followed the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burnt incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. Basically, he behaves like a pagan northern king. In verse 5, it says, Then King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel came up to attack Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, but could not conquer him. At that time, the king of Edom recovered the town of Elath for Edom. He drove out the people of Judah and sent Edomites to live there, as they do to this day. King Ahaz sent messengers to King tilgoth the of Assyria with this message, "'I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from, att- from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel.' Then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as a payment to the Assyrian king. So the king of Syria attacked the Aramean capital of Damascus and led its population away as captives, resettling them in Kirk. He also killed the king of Rezin. So basically, the king of Judah sold out Israel to the Assyrians, and these are like they're they're all Israelites, they're just two separate kingdoms right now. The north was the pagan following, idol worshipping, and the south but the south had the temple. In verse ten it continues King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King Tilgath of Assyria. While he was there he took special note of the altar. Then he sent a model of the altar to Uriah the priest, along with its design in full detail. Uriah followed the king's instruction and built an altar just like it, and it was ready before the king returned from Damascus. When the king returned, he inspected the altar and made offerings on it. He presented a burnt offering and a grain offering, and he poured out a liquid offering, and he sprinkled the blood of a peace offering on the altar. So, basically, so far, this king of Judah has instituted pagan child sacrifices. He takes his own people as slaves, he empties the treasury of the temple to pay off and sell out Israel, and now he's slowly going to be destroying the temple piece by piece. In verse 14, it continues, Then King Ahaz removed the old bronze altar from its place in front of the Lord's temple, between the entrance and the new altar, and placed it on the north side of the new altar. He told Uriah the priest, Use the new altar for the morning sacrifices of burnt offerings, the evening grain offering, the king's burnt offering, and the grain offering, and the burnt offerings of all the people, as well as their grain offerings and liquid offerings. Sprinkle the blood from all the burnt offerings and sacrifices on the new altar. The bronze altar will be for my personal use only. Uriah the priest did just as King Ahaz commanded him. Then the king removed the side panels and basins from the portable water carts. He also removed the great bronze basin called the sea from the backs of the bronze oxen and placed it on the stone pavement. In deference to the king of Assyria, he also removed the canopy that had been constructed inside the palace for the use of the Sabbath day, as well as the king's outer entrance to the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Ahaz's reign, and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Ahaz died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Hezekiah became the next king. So, a lot is going on here, and they they really just need to hit the target of turning back to God and getting rid of all these false idols and these false worships worshiping in these false temples and they're missing the target so that's where we're going to leave off in chapter 16 and we'll continue on and see what hezekiah does next and what israel does next we'll see what these two countries do next so i hope you all are having a most wonderful day and we'll talk to you again soon